0: Hello, and welcome to Tribulation Today Ministries, where Esoterica meets Biblical Christianity. Well, today's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to give my testimony, uh, tell you guys who I am, who I've been, and how Yeshua reached down into the depths and saved me from my sin. And I'm going to tell you right now, if He can save me from everything that I've been involved in, He can save anyone. He's only looking for your heart. Well, I guess it all started January 8, 1972, when I was born. I started school went to school, uh, done really well. Uh, I really liked school for a long time until I started to get bored with the whole situation. That was probably around fourth or fifth grade, and then I just kind of quit doing my work. So I kind of just glided by, uh, just barely passing for the most part. I uh, missed a lot of school. I was sick a lot. I had diabetes, didn't know it, and uh, it caused me to be sick like a lot, my mother was going through a very rough divorce with my dad, and I ended up staying with my grandmother most of the time. My mom was out working busting her butt, trying to do the best that she could, but unfortunately, her emotions kind of took over, and she she really had a rough time. My grandmother took very good care of me um, she taught me so much she you know taught me math and and reading and everything. I was I was reading by the time I was in kindergarten and I already knew a lot of math. She taught me everything and encouraged my education. When I was in about 7th or 8th grade, my my aunt Debbie stumbled upon Yeshua, Jesus. And she started to get into it. I was I was always around my aunt Debbie and I remember I spent the night with her one night and before I went to bed she had some old Pat Robertson 700 Club tapes and I decided to pop one in just to listen to something before I went to sleep and listening to him and speaking of salvation and everything I actually uh got saved that night and started thinking about all the uh the Bible I've never I had never read it before and started doing a lot in that area Then as time went on, I ended up moving in with my Aunt Debbie and my Uncle Jim and my cousin Mike uh, where my scriptural uh, teachings became pretty much extreme. I mean, we on a daily basis uh, read the Bible, talked about things, uh, just started looking into every aspect of the world and how it was sitting. We lived out on a little farm. We didn't farm, but it it was an old farm. We had a couple of barns and a house uh, out in the middle of nowhere, basically. Uh, We chose not to have television, and we didn't listen to any secular radio at all. We just listened to some Christian programs and and Christian music. I started going to Spring Bay Open Arms Outreach Academy. It was a little bitty Christian school. Um, And going there, uh, me and my cousin Mike... Uh, I was able to complete my 8th grade year in just a couple of months and start working on my freshman year. However, I wasn't able to get credit for that. Um, And then I ended up moving back with my mom. And she lived in the south end of Peoria. And Again, she was out busting her butt trying to work and trying to make money. And my stepdad was a truck driver, so he wasn't there very often. I was kind of left alone. Um, So... You know, I, we didn't have much. We struggled. And I would be standing there with, you know, old shoes on and old clothes and everything. I'd look across the street, and there's a group of guys over there, and they all had new vehicles and nice shoes and nice clothes and everything. And it wasn't long, and the uh, the world grabbed a hold of me pretty good. I talked to them, and they said, you know, they were a gang. It was the Latin Kings. And... Long story short, I ended up joining them, and they they showed me how they were getting those things. You know, they pulled out a baggie and a scale and showed me how to distribute drugs. And uh, although I didn't do them, it I started selling them, and it was a way for me to change my life. You know, at this point now, I understand that that was because I had I had touched upon Christ, and that was Satan trying to pull me back away from him. I guess he must have considered me, just like all of the Christians, a threat to his kingdom. I started out in that just like everybody does, as basically a peon and a soldier out on the street, you know, just doing ignorant stuff that kids do, you know, fighting over colors and the way your hats turned and so on and so forth. But uh a real good friend of mine who happened to be a nation enforcer, and that's the the third highest seat in the Latin Kings, he was thrown off of a two hundred and sixty something foot a grain silo and killed all over a drug debt now well, soon after that I ended up getting elected into that position and from then on I held some of the top seats in that gang and unfortunately it, it ruled my life for a lot of years I had my pastor come to me one day and he asked me he said are you still a Latin King and I told him yes I am Uh and he asked me why I said, "Well, the reason why I'm still a Latin King is because it keeps a door open. Those people know my stand on Christ and spirituality and everything, and because I'm still a king, they will come to me to where you know my pastor is standing there in a suit. they're not going to come to him they don't under- he doesn't understand what they've been through and you know everything that they've lived." You need to have some kind of a common ground with people and something to empathize with them in order to really get through to people. I I think that's a gift. I believe that's the reason why God has let me go through a lot of these things so that I can meet people on their own level. It's very important. You know, Paul said that he was the chief of all sinners. And sometimes I wonder, you know, if he was the chief of all sinners, I, I really do believe that I'm coming in a close second. Some of the things I've been through were really rough. I mean, I've I've seen, you know, several of my friends murdered. Um, I've been through, you know, the gunfights and the the actual fistfights and fights with weapons and everything. And I look back on it now, and even though some of the things were very horrible, I, I praise God and thank God for everything that I've been through. I went through two previous marriages, and uh, I have three sons out of that. My sons are... Chris, who's 24, Joey, who's 22, and Derek, who is 20. I was married to one lady for 14 years until things just fell apart. She was, you know, finding people on the internet and cheating on me, so we ended up splitting up. And that's when things started going downhill again. I actually pretty much went crazy, to be honest. Because I was by myself and didn't have my children living with me anymore, I decided that you know I was gonna go for the gusto, and I started dealing drugs very heavily um I went through that for right around about seven or eight years. I think it was until uh I ended up having another son, uh Jaden, he's actually six now. I just got full custody of him just about a month ago, but the first three years of his life, I continued to sell drugs and so on and so forth and Uh, got into an argument with my baby's mother at the time and she called the police and lied and said that I had choked her and some things Uh, anyway the cops came in and she showed them that I had been growing marijuana in my basement and I got in some trouble went to jail for like four days Um, but luckily I did have money for a lawyer that was saved in a safety deposit box so I ended up Uh, getting two years probation, um, some large fines. They took all the thousands of dollars of money I had in the house. I almost lost my home, but I was blessed enough not to lose that. I had to go through all the DCFS hoops, jumping through, you know, going to different counseling sessions and going through drug tests for two years and I was finally able to get my fitness back and get my son back. He was given to his mom, but I ended up taking her to court and just recently got custody of him. But this is where my big turnaround came. Uh, Like I said, I was in jail for four days and generally when I slept at home before all this, I was with Jaden. 24 hours a day. I did all the feedings and all the diaper changes and everything. His his mom was out there on different prescription drugs and she would sleep for like three days at a time so he, he was completely within my care. I would always sleep with him and when I did he would lay his cheek on my cheek. Uh, that's how I'd wake up every day with his cheek stuck to me. Well that first day out of jail I woke up and Jaden's cheek wasn't on mine. I I lost it really bad I started crying and flipped over onto my knees and I cried out to God and I told God you know if I've ever heard from you I need to hear from you now I need you and if you want to think I'm crazy that's fine but God has spoke to me three times in my life with an audible voice and that time he told me through your suffering their faith will be increased at that point I completely and totally turned my life over to the Father I started getting all kinds of uh, different things from him. He was showing me things. He gave me the, the book of Job. And as you probably already know, the book of Job is basically a man losing everything. And then in the end, he regains it all. I knew that at some point that I would get everything back and I would have my son and my family... You know, I, I'm a family man. I, I've i always yearned to be a husband and a father and so on and so forth. And all that was taken, but through the grace and mercy of Yeshua, He's given that all back to me now. I have the most wonderful wife that I could possibly even tell you guys. She's she's great, Donna Calb, And she, I mean, being with her is what I've always wanted. You know, I, I always wanted a daughter. And through her now i have three beautiful daughters i have isabella and vivian and tiffany and they're wonderful young ladies Uh, i have a new stepson isaiah Uh, they're just they're great i love them to death i'd do anything for them so now you know being a gang banging drug dealer and everything else that's been then brought out of all that i uh i've Got a ministry going now. We're trying to feed the homeless. I minister to a lot of people. We don't actually have a brick and mortar building yet. Um, We may have that in the future. It's just as the Lord leads. I'm not exactly sure. But I do minister to a lot of people. I got to say, if you guys seen me, you wouldn't think that I was a pastor, probably. I'm all tattooed up. You know, I'm a big guy. Uh, Like I said, I've been through the mill, so I'm, I'm pretty much a ruffian that's saved by Christ. I don't speak like a lot of pastors either. I pretty much say it the way it is. And if people don't like it, I mean, it's not coming from me. It's the scriptures that have said it. I, I try to speak God's truth the best that I know. Whether people like it or they don't, that's that's totally up to them. In my personality, I study everything. I research everything. I mean, stupid little things, you know, like reading uh, an entire encyclopedia set. I'm, I'm just hungry for knowledge. It's crazy. But uh, doing this you know my aunt told me at one time she said you know don't believe me you search and find out the truth no matter what i say and you know i've since discovered of course Acts 17:11 and it tells us to receive the word with all readiness but search the scriptures daily that these things are so and it's been one of the most important things in my life i mean that's what i do on everything i don't care if i see the sky is blue i'm going to go check it somehow and make sure that it is and in doing this i found out that a lot of the things that are being preached in the churches today are absolute crap. I hate to put it that way, but that's just the way it is. You know, the, the majority of the pastors out there and especially in their prosperity gospels, they're out there and they're trying to get you to be happy and joyful and and all this kind of stuff because they want you to be happy when that offering plate comes around. Yeah, you know, I will never pass an offering plate ever. I don't want to make money. I was given everything that i have i was given freely you know and i want to give that freely i want to feed God's sheep i want to help people i i'm not interested in an offering plate or a big building or a nice car or none of those things that's not what the gospel is about i wrote a paper quite a while ago i can't even really remember the, the title of it but it was basically about this this guy he's He was drunk, and he comes into church, you know, his clothes are all ripped up, he's got holes in his shoes, and there's a pastor up there, and the pastor's preaching about how the Lord has blessed him with a brand new Mercedes Benz, and he blessed him with this beautiful home and everything, and basically, in a nutshell, what what it's all about is, you know, there's this poor guy back there who has nothing, and he goes, in his mind, he's thinking, you know, if the Lord blesses with all these riches and all this kind of stuff, and he looked at himself, and he goes... The Lord must hate me. And he left. You know, and I think that's what's going on in a lot of the churches anymore. God doesn't bless you with all that stuff. And if he does, you're supposed to be giving it to the poor. Jesus said to the rich man, Give give away everything. You know, go sell everything that you have and give to the poor. Well, what about all these big time preachers like Joel Osteen? You know, and there's so many that I could list, and I don't want to call people out like that. I don't want to cause discord among, amongst the brethren, but it's atrocious. You know, I'm saying it the way it is. You know, when Jesus came in, he kicked over the money changers in the temple, and it was for a reason. We are not there to make money and be all prosperous and all this kind of stuff. The Lord will bless you with things, and, and I understand that, and, you know, he blesses me with a lot of things. But these people are out there, you know, throwing money on the stage and I stress the word stage here for these pastors and they're up there dancing on money it makes me sick this is not what we're here for we are to teach people the word of God to bring them into the kingdom of heaven this is what we have to do as a pastor As a as, you know pastor is, is one who tends his flock one who feeds his sheep, you know, and the majority of the churches out there, to me, they're actually feeding their people, maybe, to some certain extent, but they're fle- feeding them milk. They tell them the same stories over and over during the week. What we need to do, people, is get to the meat of the matter. There are so many things that are going on. There are so many distractions that are trying to pull people away from God and the Word of God and get them to believe in these aliens as their, their creators and so on and so forth. That is not what it's about. There is a true there, There is a truth that is so deep that it will draw people in because they have no other way to look at it but they will see the truth. These are the things that we need to get down to. Not going into our what I call cemetery but not seminary because seminary teaches you so much BS just to bring in people. That's not what it's about. It's about telling people the truth and saving their souls while we got these mega churches out there with you know the big bands and the huge tv screens and thousands of people and everything you know the people are not coming to hear the word of god for the most part i'm sure there's a few that are but the majority of the people are coming there for entertainment that was never meant to be that way you know it's about the word of god it's about the truth about bringing in the souls that are lost and they're seeking something you know they need to see the love of christ but they need the truth about it and not the things that are just going to fill their offering plates so that they can fly around in their private jets and their private helicopters to their millions of dollar mansions they will have their place i promise you that they will have their place and in saying some of these things i don't like i said before i don't want to cause discord amongst the brethren and i don't want to cut them down you know uh, but i do ask everyone to pray for them Pray for their souls and let them get back on the right track because I think that at some point all of them had to have started with great intentions and somehow they got swayed away. You know, Satan is going to grab the people of God the most. If you're not in the kingdom of God and you're not trying to serve God, he's pretty much going to leave you alone. You're not even a threat to him. But once you find Christ and you get saved and you start looking at His Word, especially when you start telling other people about it, He is going to come at you with everything He has. He's going to try to drag you down. He's going to hit your finances. He's going to make your car break down. He's going to make you know your your bills go so high that they're going to end up getting shut off. It's amazing the things that He can do. Your friends are going to walk away from you because... You know Their heart is just not where yours are. And if you're walking a path in life, hopefully it's a path of holiness. And if you're walking a path of holiness, you're going to find that the other people that are walking are not on that path. And they will leave you, I promise. Jesus said you're no greater than your master. You know, they hated him and they're going to hate us. It's something that we just have to realize. We as Christians need to look different. We need to walk different. We need to talk different. We need, everything about us needs to be separated from the world. And when we do that, the people that are in the world are going to want absolutely nothing to do with us. You know, and it's our job to try to show them why we do what we do in order for them to come with us. Our ultimate goal is to be. The Bride of Christ. The Body of Christ. We need to do what He done. We need to say what He said. You know, this is this is our calling. This is our calling. And this is what we have to do. Right now in this day and age, the end times are here. Okay? I mean, I'm just going to put it like that. They're here. This world is almost over. It's not going to be long and Christ is going to burst through the clouds. He's coming back. The trumpets are going to blow. And... These people out here that don't have Christ in their life, I mean, it's like a, a, a semi-truck coming down the road getting ready to hit somebody. You wouldn't go out there and go, "Huh? Oh, excuse me, but, you know, there's a truck coming down here, and it, it's probably going to hit you, and you might die. No, you jump out there and you say, Hey, look, there's a truck coming. Get out of the way. Or you grab them and you pull them. See, there's no urgency in the church today the urgency needs to be back there you know the old time uh, fire and brimstone preachers saying, talking about hell and you know all this it's coming people it's coming and it's it's coming so fast that we just we can't even imagine it we can't okay so We need to talk to everybody that we can about Christ and get them on the right page before it's too late. Because once he bursts through those clouds, everybody's going to fall on their knees and they're going to cry out that Jesus is Lord. And by that time, it's the judgment. And you don't have a chance to go back. You know, Christ put us here for one reason and one reason only. It's to make a decision between him and Satan. And he loved us that much to give us that chance you know it's like with the bible if if you've got a bible you know when you was a teenager and 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 you had a uh a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something they write you a love letter you read it over and over until you knew exactly what it said you could you could say it by heart but you know the Lord Father the creator of the universe God himself wrote us something and the majority of us Christians out there and especially non-Christians but even us Christians are guilty of the fact that we don't even look at that love letter we don't even care well you know what you need to open the daggone book that's just the way it is you need to open the book and see what he had to say you know, it's all about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but you can't have a personal relationship with him if you don't know who he is. You need to open that book and find out who he is. Get on your knees. You, you know, All you men out there, act like a man. Get on your knees and pray for your family because that is what is going to save all of you. Every single one of you. You know, if a man follows Christ... I forgot what the percentage is, but a very large, like 80 or 85% of women will start following Christ if the man does. If the woman starts following Christ, the children will fall in line. If you show and lead by example who Christ was, what he is, and what a family is supposed to be, this would be a different country. This would be a different world for that matter. Okay, But people, you're dropping the ball. I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it the way it is. You're dropping the doggone ball. You, you men out there are not being the head of your household. You need to be the head of your household. You need to lead your wife as Christ leads you. You need to love her as Christ loves the church. And if you do this and your children see that, your children are not going to end up running off with some bum. Your daughter's not going to end up with some, some bum out there who won't work and he doesn't take care of his family and don't care about his kids. It's not going to happen because that's not the norm to them. But if it's normal for them to see dad Dad beating on mom and dad not working and you know all this kind of stuff. That's going to be so normal to them. When they find a guy like that, well, hey, that's just the way it goes, right? That's not the way it goes, people. Men, get back on your knees. Start praying to God and act like a man for God's sake. And all you pastors out there, I I got so much to say to you pastors out there, but I'm going to try to keep it short and simple. Short and simple is this. There is a truth that is in the pages of the Bible. Okay, What you learned in seminary shouldn't really be passed on to these people in your congregation because it's not what they need. They don't need to feel happy and joyous and run out of the church skipping. They need to understand that this is a very serious matter. And if they don't turn their life over to Christ and they don't start living for Him, they're not going to make it. Okay? so forget about your offering plate, forget about your cars, if you're serving God, I promise you, my pastor has never collected, ever collected in his church, never passed an offering plate, nobody gives him, he doesn't work, okay, but somehow, some way, the father ends up, that he has the money every month to pay for not only his church, but his home, okay, this is what we have to do as men of God. We have to put our faith in Him rather than faith in, oh, well, Billy Bob and Janet over here, they're all going to give me so much money that I'm going to be happy. And, and uh, these big churches out there that are giving you know, pastors, they give them their homes, they give them their, their vehicles, they pay for this and that, they pay all their bills and everything. Oh, man, come on, are you kidding me? That's atrocious. Be a man. Stand up. Do what you're supposed to do. Support your support yourself. Now, I don't have a problem with uh churches Paying a pastor, I mean, hey, they've got to live too. I totally get that. All right, but some of these pastors out there are making so much money that they could feed their entire congregation, but they'd rather sit in church and watch their congregation starve, watch their congregation come in there with holes in their clothes. You know, my my kids went to Christ Lutheran Church in Peoria, and uh, even though I'm definitely not a Lutheran, I mean, that's kind of like a diet Catholic if you ask me. Or you know, Martin Luther did a great thing by splitting away from the Catholic Church, but after that, you know, after Martin Luther passed, um, the Lutheran Church just kind of stopped there. I mean, he called the Pope the Antichrist, you know, but now, I mean, they're so closely aligned with the Catholic Church, they're almost Catholic. My children, when they were going to that school, they came home and said that they were supposed to be acolytes, and I'm like, okay, what is that? I didn't know at the time. And they said, well, Dad, we go in, you know, we we wear these robes, and we go in, and there's candles on the up on the, and I'm going to call it the stage, by their podium, standing above all the congregation. You know, we shouldn't do that. We're not above anybody. We're just like everybody else. But anyway, there's they went up, and uh, they're supposed to bow to the statue of Jesus and light these candles and then bow to the statue of Jesus and then walk back off the stage. And they said, Dad, we're, we don't want to bow to an idol. You know, that's that's not right. That's not what you've ever taught us. So I, I ended up, I got a hold of their principal, and I, I explained the matter. You know that I would like my kids excused from that, and in the end, I'm trying to make this long story short, uh, the principal slash pastor told me that um, if my kids did not bow to this statue, that they would be kicked out of school. They'd be expelled. You know, at that point, I didn't want my kids kicked out of school. Now I think I would stand a little stronger to that, but that made me want to go and smash that idol. You know, run up in the middle of the congregation with a sledgehammer and smash it. It has no place in that church. None whatsoever. You know, and it broke my heart. I cried because my kids were begging me, Dad, we don't want to do this. We don't want to bow to an idol. But I was forced to keep them in school to let them do that. Again, today I think it would totally go different because I am so on fire for Christ that I probably would have either one smashed it or they just wouldn't have went to school that day. I'm not sure what I would have done, but I'm pretty sure that I would have done something so my kids continued to go there for a while uh, actually they, they went there through their 8th grade year before they started high school and then they ended up just going to public schools um, my children thank Yeshua have uh, all grown up and they're very respectful good kids they really are I mean they're they're very responsible and so on and so forth um, my sons Joey and Derek they both quit high school unfortunately uh, I kind of brings a little sorrow to my heart because I I really wish that they would have continued to go. But all my children are very respectful, good kids, highly intelligent, uh, all three of them. And Jaden, he's only six, but he's very intelligent for his age also. I met my wife Donna when I was a teenager and I was involved in all the gang stuff and everything. And, you know, uh, I actually went to their church for a while. Um, Her grandpa and her dad were both pastors and they seen me, you know, I was the young gang banging kid from the city and they kept me away from her and you know what now I look back and I go you know it's probably a good thing you know I didn't need to drag her into all that kind of stuff but you know I always thought about her she was always in my heart and then it was about 23 years or so later I end up contacting her on social media asking her if she remembered me and she said she did and oh yeah I remember you she said I'll never forget it and uh you know, we we talked on the phone. I was going through a lot of stuff trying to get custody with my son, and uh, we did a lot of texting, and we did that for almost three years. And after that, we ended up, you know, once I got through the majority of the the stuff with custody and everything, I got with her, and uh, we got along so good. We have such great talks, and you know, she's a very intelligent lady, very kind, loving. I mean, she's awesome. She's she's what I've always wanted and I've always needed. And I I praise Yeshua for bringing her and and her girls and her boy with her and you know everything's been really good. We we just recently got married, which was awesome. I loved it. I got married where my aunt Debbie and my uncle Jim got married. It's just a little spot on the Illinois River, but it was a spot that meant a lot to me. And uh, I was married by a, a pastor friend of mine. He's actually my best friend, Ed Pribble. And you know, I thank him for doing that. And you know, everything's going really well. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even be doing this program if it wasn't for my wife. My wife is the first one who suggested that I do this because you know, in our talks, I have so much to say. And you know, I, I talk to a lot of people. People come over and they, you know, call me and text me and everything. And I'm always constantly ministering to somebody. And she, she suggested that I do this this podcast and get the word out there. So that's actually why I'm here. I, I praise God and thank God for her and that uh, she brought this up so that I could do this. I have a few listeners out there that are avid and they listen all the time. I hope that grows. You know, I, I don't care if I reach a million people or just a few. I mean, that one person that listens and and Christ comes into their life and changes it makes it all worth it. You know, if if 99 fall and only one listens. That's really all I'm looking for. It's like, you know, my mom, my mom, every time I do one of these uh, podcasts, she's she's saying, hey, when's the next one coming? And she always listens. My mom is my backbone. You know, I can go to her for anything. I I love her to death. I'm so glad that she's there for me on just about everything. You know, when I'm at work and stuff, she takes care of my son and goes and gets him and anything I need, you know. And my mom loves my wife. My wife loves my mom. And the family has really come back together, you know, on a high degree. It's it's just like the end chapter of Job, like God said he was going to do for me. You know, praise God for that. So in the end, this testimony, I just want to say that, you know, my hope is that what little time we have left, I hope to bring in as many souls as I can for Christ. And I want to help people as much as I possibly can. Anything I can do for people, I generally do it. I, I, I try to think up ways to help people. You know, That's what my life is about, is serving other people. And everybody that you serve on any degree, it opens up a channel of conversation so that you can eventually bring up Christ. I don't shove it down anybody's throat but I do plant seeds and when I plant a seed generally I'll just throw a little something out there and make them wonder about something so they come back to me and once they ask me about Christ then that's a real big wide open door that I can I can jump in there and minister to them and uh, I just that's the way I work it you know and I praise God for that that he gives me the right words i pray all the time that the Holy Spirit indwell me and give me the right words for the right people. And he does. And he brings people to me just out of the blue. You know, it's awesome. So before closing in prayer, I'm going to throw in a little bit of a song here. I hope you guys enjoy it. In this
1: obsession This world says make us happy Can't see the slaves we are In all the searching or the grasping Like we deserve much more Than all these blessings we're holding
0: Amen to that song. That's uh, one of my favorites out right now. It's Jeremy Camp, Christ in Me. I love it. It's great. Uh, it's what we need to do as as Christians. We need to let people see Christ in us. We need to lead by example. So, uh, my calling for you all. Uh, men and women alike are is to stand up lead by example show your children what what christ is about what his love is so that's that's about it so i'm going to end in prayer lord father we come to you in prayer this evening lord and we ask forgiveness for all of our sins father we know we have so many sins that the only thing that could ever cover even one of those sins let alone all of them father is your blood And we want to worship you and thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on that cross so that we didn't have to, Father. He took our place. And Lord, we just ask you that you send your Holy Spirit like you did at Pentecost, Father, to indwell each one of us and let us receive your word and your truth, Lord. Everything that I put out there, I just ask that everybody follow Acts 17.11 and check out what I say and make sure it's the truth. You know, I have the greatest intentions, but uh, no matter what my intentions are, I could possibly be wrong. You know, research the things I say. But, Father, I I just ask you that you you put your Holy Spirit in everyone, Father, that you let them only find the truth. And, And what I say, let them hunger for the truth and research everything, Father. Lord, I just ask you that you send your holy, warring, ministering angels to each and every one of us, Father, that you surround us, you keep the the forces of Satan away from us, Lord, that you repel anything uh, evil away from us all, Father. and. That you, you bless all of our friends, our family. And Lord, I even ask that you bless our enemies, Father. Let your word reach our enemies so that they become brothers and sisters in Christ, Father. That that we can meet them at the gates, Lord. That we can hear on this alien, demon-infested rock that we call Earth, Father. That we'll be able to uh, minister and have fellowship with them, Father. And that they not be our enemies anymore, Lord. We ask all this in the name of your precious Son, Yeshua. Amen. So, everybody, I ask you to like and subscribe. I'm on uh, Blog Talk. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Go to Tribulation Today Ministries on Facebook. And you can check us out. Um, If you feel it in your heart to donate, you can always give me a call. It's 309-323-4686. And we'll make sure anything that you... uh, donate would go straight to the homeless we keep absolutely no money we're not interested in anybody's money we don't want that we just want to feed god's sheep so again like like i said like and subscribe um i appreciate it following me um If you guys need anything, if you know somebody who needs something, uh, again, there's my phone number. Give me a call if there's anything that we have in reserve. We don't have anything right now. But if there's anything that we have in reserve, we will absolutely do anything we can do to help. I mean, anything. So you guys just get a hold of us. uh, Let us know what's going on. So if I don't see you on this alien demon-infested rock we call Earth, I will definitely see you in the air. Shalom.